0: Hello, and welcome to Living the Dream for General Practitioners, the podcast for doctors and clinic leaders who want to learn about pathways, strategies and opportunities for living and working in Australia. Join me, Gemma Goff, and my expert guests as we share stories, unlock the secrets to recruitment success, share tips for moving across the world, navigating new cultures and so much more. This show is brought to you by Health Recruitment Australia. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hi everyone. And welcome to episode six of our GP Recruitment Fundamentals podcast series. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Kim Nitschke from Nitschke Nancaro. Kim is a chartered accountant, financial advisor, and entrepreneur who lives and breathes the advice he gives his clients. Beyond his role as an accountant, Kim is a successful property developer, builder, and business mentor. The keys to Kim's success lie in his ability to offer practical wealth-building solutions for people in various circumstances. Kim's personable nature and passion for business, particularly within the small to medium business sector, have led him to pilot highly successful business mentoring programs. We are very lucky Kim has agreed to join us today and share some insights into how he and his team can assist GPs in setting up their business here in Australia to make the most of their money whether through minimising tax, creating a retirement plan or building business structure advice. Kim draws on decades of experience to develop prosperity plans. Kim, welcome and thank you for joining me today.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks, Gemma. I'm looking forward to it.
0: I thought perhaps, Kim, we could start by you sharing with our listeners a little about yourself and how you came to be doing what you do so well.
1: Uh, Well, okay. Uh, Where do I start? I guess... I've been working as an accountant for 30 years. Um, I've loved every minute of it. I sort of came to the realization that I love working with doctors when I was skiing at Foulkes Creek uh, about uh, about 15 years ago. It was just a beautiful spring day and I was out on the summit snowboarding by myself and I was just brainstorming about my ideal client. and it just came to me out of the blue that, that um, doctors were the perfect fit for my business my personality and, um, you know, my business model, I guess. And ever since then, I've sort of doubled down on my level of expertise in that space and my advice um, to to the doctors and also, uh, yeah, just built my whole business around that um, aspect of um, that, that sort of clientele.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Kim um so we're working hard at the moment to recruit gps bringing gps in from um primarily overseas as it happens that are looking to sort of gain back some of that work-life balance and um, obviously the setup of businesses here in australia is very different to that of overseas the uk for example uh, where the majority of gps are employee doctors so coming into australia they're required to set up their own businesses how can you and your team help that and what what's involved with that
1: Yes. Well, it's been quite an interesting um, journey and we sort of learnt a bit as we're going because um, the system is constantly evolving. But what generally happens is uh, the doctors, I mean, let's just use the UK example, but um, they're coming from all over the the globe, but the UK example is probably the best. And what happens is they sort of email us before they leave the UK and um, tell us that they're coming over. So we sort of um, line up when they lob in Australia to sort of try to liaise with them but w- the the best the first step I guess is that they need to get a tax file number and the way that the immigration system operates is that as soon as they touch base in Australia something happens at the, the airport where they land and somehow the, the Australian taxation office uh, knows that they're in the country and it's uh, then it opens up like a portal for me on my computer and I can go in and digitally apply for a tax file number for that doctor. Um, That window closes as soon as they jump on the plane and leave the country. So while they're here, um, it's a great opportunity for them to apply for a tax file number. And that's step one. Um, That usually takes about four to six weeks for that number to come through and which is actually posted to me. Um, Sometimes there's questions about you know, is it okay if I put down an Airbnb address? Um, where am I going to be? All of that sort of stuff. We sort of find that it's best for them to use our office as their um, registered address and mailing address because we don't want any documents posted out to their Airbnb once they've gone back to the UK. Once they're here, uh, well, sorry, once, once we've got the tax file number, then we the next step in that process is to apply for an Australian business number Which every small business needs to have, Um, then that will come through. That can be anywhere between um, one and 30 days for that to be issued as soon as we've got the tax file number. And then once we've got the Australian business number, then it's over to you, Gemma, and I'll let you know straight away. And then you can start the APRA registration from that date.
0: Amazing, amazing what about things like opening bank accounts how does that work from overseas
1: yeah well that's uh used to be really easy um five years ago but now with um the anti-money laundering legislation it's um quite a difficult process but we've got good connections with bank managers over here in australia so we have standard procedures uh we've got online forms that they can fill out uh, and then there's a number of um birth certificates, passports, things like that, that need to be certified and submitted to the bank as part of the application to open up a bank account. But yeah, it's we've, we've systemized that process as well. And it's pretty important that that's opened up as soon as they start operating in Australia, but we can definitely get um, the line share work of that done before they actually um, start work. And I think that that process takes with the bank, um, it used to be a couple of days, but I think it's sort of like two to four weeks as well. Um, yeah, but it's a case of, these
0: are really organized, really, aren't they with those steps and acknowledge that there's triggers to, you can't do one without doing the other. So really to lean on you guys for advice is, is really important.
1: Yeah. As you can imagine with this whole process, um, you do have the odd doctor who tries to do it themselves and that, you know, it's actually quite complex. And if they answer one question incorrectly, it sort of stuffs the whole thing up. Um, and it's 10 times harder to fix it once it's been done incorrectly, um, than if it's just all done seamlessly and correctly right from the the get-go.
0: Sure, sure. And what about um, superannuation? If they had come from being employee doctors overseas to then setting up their own business, how would they go about opening um, a super account?
1: Okay, so that's, uh, well, let's just start with whether it's compulsory or non-compulsory. Uh, I think that's confusing for a lot of the doctors when they first arrive in Australia. Um, it's totally um, voluntary to make contributions to super, um, which is sort of confusing because it's it's compulsory as an employee back in um, the UK. So it, it's really up to the doctors whether they actually want to take out the superannuation or not. If they do, and a lot of them do, and we sort of encourage it, uh, it's best just to open up an account with an industry fund in Australia, um, very straightforward process. And then just to set up a direct debit um, each month of a set amount into that superannuation fund.
0: Makes sense, makes sense. So um, we've got sort of various um, pathways that um, GPs can come into Australia on and whether they want to be an employee doctor, whether they want to be an independent practitioner, um, or whether they want to become GP partners in the future, you know, own a, own a share of a practice or, or be um, sole owners. Um, from your experience working with the GPs, which sort of pathway do you think is most sensible for them to initially um, come into Australia on and then um, sort of progress if they want to?
1: Well, uh, I think the most popular route for them to go is as a GP in private practice. Um, that seems to sort of have the most flexibility and the most benefits. Um, obviously, there's plenty of opportunity to get a job, for example, like um, SA Health or something like that. But I think that they'll find that they actually make more money um, working out in um clinic, um, such as you um, the clinics that you're associated with. Um and there's also flexibility for them to do over time which gives them a big uh, uh, revenue increase if they're happy to work outside of normal nine to five hours um i mean i i guess a lot of doctors don't want to do that if they've got young families but for those that have got the flexibility to do that they will be richly re- re- rewarded
0: sure and the, what what's the earning potential, sort of the differences between the um, sort of employee doctor versus a GP partner, for example, or an independent practitioner?
1: Yes. Now, I knew you were going to ask me this question. So, I've actually, I did some um, research last night. I, I think if you actually work with SA Health, um, I've got some uh, rates here. Uh, it's grabbing them on my, um, yes, here we go. So a junior medical officer can earn anywhere between 80 and 140,000. A senior medical officer is about 140,000 to 210. And then a senior consultant is 220 to 285. And then if you're a um, senior consultant, you can have a package of 500 to 650. Now that sounds a little bit high, but um, anyway, the standard GP then on the other hand, in private practice can earn between about two and 400,000. If they're happy to do work outside of business hours and weekend work, that can be anywhere up to 600000
0: Yeah, right. So quite a difference then. And, and they get the flexibility then of being an indep- independent practitioner, like you said, that they can work the hours that suit them and their family. You know, if they want to work part-time and then the same as a full-time income, perhaps by working those out of hours um, is, is obviously a benefit to them too. Yeah, super. Um, So how do taxes work here in Australia, Kim? So for an employee doctor versus a self-employed and again, a a GP partner, what are the differences that GPs that are looking to move to Australia should consider?
1: Okay. So an employee doctor, I mean, the tax treatment is relatively straightforward and everything's basically done for you. So out of every fortnightly or monthly pay packet, you will have, um, you know, approximately 30 to 40% deducted and sent off to the tax office on your behalf. So. When you get your pay you get a net amount which is um, after tax has been taken out usually uh, the employer will pay um, super on top of your pay as part of your um, package and that's just sent straight off to the superannuation funds usually industry funds um, depending on whether you're working for a hospital or whether you're working privately um, there's some great um, superannuation funds like triple s which has got advantages Um, you actually get your money goes in there and there's no tax taken out until you leave at the end, which is bizarre, but they get um, a couple of benefits because they're um, a government superannuation fund. Um, But most super funds, when your money goes in, 15% tax is taken out and put aside and then 15% tax is taken out when you take it out, um, apart from if you um, access it when you're over 60, there's no tax taken out on that. Um, Yeah, I think there's that, Answer your question on. Oh, sorry, I, no. the other, I didn't take to talk about the um, the sole trader type independent GPS. Now, what happens with their tax is there's no tax taken out of the payments made to them um, every fortnight or month by the clinic. Uh, what actually happens is, say they work from um, July. Well, our financial year is uh, one July to thirtieth June here. Um, So they'll work the full year from July to June and then their tax won't be due until the 15th of May, the year after. So there's a massive delay in actually sending their tax off to the tax um, department um, after they've actually earned their income. So there's opportunity there to actually park that tax that you would have earmarked um, against your mortgage or whatever you want to do with it but you guess can't actually spend it on a holiday or anything like that because the tax man's going to have his hand out expecting something somewhere down the track.
0: Absolutely. Um, financial benefits um, then, Kim, for GPs. You know, th- Is there anything particular that you think they should have on their radar?
1: Um I, sorry, what do you
0: sort of um, you know the the possibilities of um, you know getting a mortgage for, perhaps for their first house when they get here the, the sort of things that maybe um, being a GP kind of sets them apart from other professions that they could have loaning uh, earning loan capacity.
1: Yes, okay, I, 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 I'm with you now. Um, sorry, yeah, just so just to clarify, um, if someone moves over and they're on a temporary visa, it's almost impossible to get a loan as soon as they become a permanent resident uh, then the banks will welcome doctors with open arms Um, it's a bizarre system here i'm not sure what it's like borrowing money in the uk but um, i think it's fair to say that doctors in australia are the most preferred customer by banks they get their own uh, special set of rules when borrowing money Um, so a doctor when they walk into a bank unlike everyone else who needs generally speaking a 20 percent deposit a doctor only needs ten percent deposit, um, so they can buy a property relatively easier. Um, and if they buy a clinic, they don't even need a deposit. The bank will finance one hundred percent plus equipment. So there's very encouraging rules on bank of, uh, on the behalf of bank bankers um, to welcome doctors with open arms. I'd be suggesting purchasing a property with given how um, real estate's gone in Australia as soon as possible. Uh, I think that there's a temptation. I know that, well, we might as well talk about cars as well. I think you only need two pay slips over here and the bank will lend you enough money to buy a car. Uh, So very, very easy to buy a car, a little bit harder to buy a house. You need a deposit, um, albeit only 10%. But property prices have been very strong and continue to improve over here. And I'd be suggesting that the doctors use that as a way of wealth creation. Um, the biggest loophole in the tax legislation in Australia is that any gains on your house or what we refer to as your principal place of residence are tax-free. So you can buy, in it, buy it, live in it, enjoy it, and then if it doubles in value in seven to ten years, uh, any money that you make when you sell it is tax-free. Um, that's really well the only loophole in the legislation everything else you have to pay tax on apart from the house that you live in
0: awesome that's great to know great to know so um gps they, they've arrived into australia they've set up the business they're starting to consult patients they've bought a house they've got themselves a car now they're sort of looking at their bank account thinking okay well, i've got a little bit of money here i'm thinking maybe time to invest or um you know and um, do some financial planning, what would be the next step? What sort of considerations um, should there be?
1: Well, I think that the financial planning is a great way to go. And, you know, as Albert Einstein said, um, the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. Uh, And Warren Buffett says it's like a snowball effect. So the the sooner you start investing and putting money aside and it starts uh, accruing interest, um, the better off you're going to be. Now, uh, I'd be encouraging doctors as soon as they can to be putting money aside into superannuation. Um, and it's it, it's it's really a case of working out what they can afford without impeding on their current um, um, standard of living. So, But I think it's very important that you put money aside for retirement and you start thinking from that sooner rather than later. Uh, like there's... Some statistics from the Barefoot Investor who um, is quite famous over here as being a bit of a um, guru on finance. He sort of suggested that if you, and this is, this is the extreme, this is more for um, children, but it still applies to young doctors starting out. But if you put um, 5000 a year away from the ages of uh, 15 to 25, so for um, at 10 years, And you get a 10% return that money will be worth 2.7 million by the time you reach 65 like and as he's saying that if you do that for 10 years and you stop at 25 you don't need to do any more investing for the rest of your life um you will have enough to retire on so his, his big mantra is that you know when you're trying to set yourself up for the future the most important factor to consider is the benefit of time and you know using that to the full advantage like it's like you know when's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago when's the next best time today
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely Um, so
1: i think that putting money aside for superannuation is really important but another approach that doctors can take is that they can buy an investment property How are we running for time? Can I tell you a little story?
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: I'll just tell you the story about my mechanic, Zach. Uh, He's a lovely guy. He's been repairing my cars for like the last um, 10 years. And he's the sort of guy that if he's fixing up my car and it takes him eight hours, he'll only charge me for three because, you know, when he's sitting down with me, he'll say things like, oh, you know, it was something really straightforward. It took me eight hours, but I'm only going to charge you for three because I should have actually known where to find it. And it was pretty obvious once I'd worked it all out. So he, he came up to my, um, I've got a farm up in the Adelaide Hills and there was a bushfire heading towards it. And he rang me out of the blue and said, um, you you know, there's a bushfire. Do you want me to come and help? And I said, oh, that'd be lovely. So he came up there and we sat on the deck and the fire didn't actually get that close to my farm, but, um, we just had a talk and he brought up, it was sort of a really inspirational. It was a, it was a sort of a heart to heart talk because, um, he's actually risking his life effectively, helping me defend my property. Not that it came to that, but he was prepared to do that. And I was, um, really touched by that and he said to me look I'm really worried about my financial future I think that I'm going to have to go on the pension because I don't have enough uh, when I'm going to retire and he's a crane operator during the day but I said to him look the best bet for you is to buy your neighbor's property and then he said well would you help me do that and I said yeah I'll, I'll, I'll look into it so I did a, a search and I found that it was owned um, by a uh, a um, Italian family and I knew that uh, like i said to him look don't get your hopes up because generally speaking italians are very good with properties and they very rarely sell so we didn't get too excited but fast forward two years and his daughter was driving home from nursing school and um she noticed a for sale sign up there so uh he told me so i got in contact with the agent i um uh, it, the property went to auction two weeks later and I bought it. The reserve was $9.50 and I bought it at auction for him for $8.65. I organized the finance through a mortgage broker. Um, so we got it for a bargain and I put the agent through his paces. Like I used every negotiation trick that I've learned over my 30 years to to screw him down on price. And I was comfortable we got a good price. Um, and I got finance for a million dollars. So he had, you know, $100,000 after stamp duty up his sleeve for renovations. He's just... We had a three-month settlement. He's just—he's six months. He's owned it for six months now. He's organised some buddies to go in and gut the place, and he's—he's um, he's put in, um, you know, new um, uh, floors, new ceilings, new architraves, new doorways, new bathrooms, new kitchen, and it's cost him using his mate, one hundred fifty thousand. So you know, it sort of owes him one point one million, or one, um, maybe just a little bit over that. Um, anyway, the agent drove down the street and dropped in and said to him, I could get you 2.1 for this. Wow. So he's made a million dollars in effectively nine months. And I really feel like I've played a big part in that. So I'm really excited about it. And my sister, who's an interior designer, she got the idea for a new floor plan at four o'clock in the morning and drafted it all up and did a storyboard and, and did photos of all these houses that she wanted to you know, roll into this sort of concept design. So he's just run with it. And so that's, you know, property hasn't gone crazy in the last nine months. That's just thinking outside the square and that's made him a million dollars.
0: That's incredible. Absolutely awesome. Thanks for sharing that story. That's so good. So good.
1: Yeah, it's it's motivational for me, you know, as for well. Sure, for sure. I know that, and that was um, going to be
0: one of my questions, Kim, was that, um, you know, you're a busy, busy man. You have, you're juggling lots of plates with your property portfolio, you know, your accounting business, the cars um all the other things that you're doing at the moment doctors um you know are are looking to move to australia to to regain some quality of life just be able to spend time with their families and sort of get their priorities um back in check you know it's not all about work 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 so what advice can you give them from personal experience about getting that balance between you know living a comfortable life versus um you know ensuring that your business goals are met
1: yeah so I think that family comes first, you know, a hundred percent. You just see so many doctors and accountants for that matter, that just work their butts off. They're never home. Um, You know, their kids need their parents to be around a hundred percent as much as they can. So I'm just talking from my own experience, but I think it's really important um, to work around that because they're little for such a short period of time. And it's so important. They hang on your every word and you know, being there 24 hours to be to them is not off, not 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 enough. So, I want to emphasise the doctors that it's so important to um, spend time with your family, and then spend time being creative in what you do outside of work. So, you know, you never really get rich out of an hourly rate or working for someone, um, no matter what your hourly rate is. There's so many. Um, costs and effectively the the ato you know they're unfortunately they're a business partner of all of us we all have to pay tax and after you've paid all of your bills and you've paid your tax there's never a lot left so what my mantra has always been is that um i'd always try to have investments um whether that's superannuation or property on the side um and I would be trying to actively monitor that so that while I'm sleeping, my property portfolio is increasing in value. Whether I get out of the bath or not, um, my value of my net wealth, my assets is constantly growing. And so every year, um, 1st of January, I'm so excited. I'm disappointed for a couple of reasons that you know I'm getting older and you know my youth is becoming a thing of the past, but I'm so excited because I know that every year my properties are going up in value. And my own personal situation is I've got eight properties and they've all got similar stories to Zach's story that I told you before. Um, And I think that it's important that the doctors realize that that needs to be run alongside of being a busy, um, successful doctor. Um, You know, that your income that you earn as a doctor needs to be viewed as a vehicle for convincing the bank to lend you money to invest. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. absolutely that makes sense
1: yeah yeah it does and it works really really well and you know the first one or two houses are the hardest to get you know everyone thinks that the first house is everything and when they sell it they roll that into the next one but the key that i've found is don't sell your first house borrow extra to buy the second house use the money that you've made in the first house as a form of deposit or equity in your next house. And if you can sit down and you get it clear in your own mind and you explain it to the bank, they love you, they'll give you the money. And then it all starts from there because instead of having one house going up in value, you've got that double leverage with two houses.
0: Absolutely, that's great advice, great advice. Um, is there anything else Kim that you think um, we should share with GPs that are either in Australia looking to make improvements or those coming from overseas and any top tips from from an accounting perspective? Anything we haven't covered?
1: I I just think that we live in the greatest country in the world. You know you don't, I I had to travel around the world to realise how amazing it is here. We've got amazing beaches, you can live, it, it doesn't, you, know, you don't have to be a billionaire to live on the beach in Australia. Um, the other thing that when you tra- travel through Europe, you come back here and you can realize we can have a farm, uh, which you can't do in a lot of places in the world. And our, uh, you know, we've got high speed internet, international flights, um, the best seafood, the best food in the world here. Um, it's very economical to live here. I-, I just absolutely love living in South Australia. Um, I think that for any doctor, you need to come over here and check it out and realise how good we've got it.
0: As do I. Best move we ever made. Um, Kim, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. Thank you again for giving up your valuable time. Um, If there are GPs on their journey to migrate at the moment, and perhaps they've listened to this podcast and realised they could benefit from your services, how can they get in touch?
1: Well, my last name's quite complicated, so... Don't try to find my business. Um, I've got a podcast called The Accounting Insider. So that's probably the, the, the best way to find me. And there's links in the show notes on how to email me and reach out to me. So
0: Amazing. Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. And um, thanks to everyone for listening. As always, we hope there has been some value in what we've shared with you today. Um, and it assists you on your journey to a brighter future here in Australia. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Living the Dream for General Practitioners. Don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode. At Health Recruitment Australia, we want to see more happy GPs, thriving medical practices and healthy communities. If you'd like to join us on our mission, visit healthrecruitmentaustralia.com.au to explore opportunities and get in touch. Thanks for listening.